0: To all things terror, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) We're just starting in here. (laughs) Uh, You know, I'm trying, I'm trying. I feel like we normally have some weird shit at the beginning. The only thing I can think of that's quite strange is that I found a book at the library that is all patterns of things to knit and crochet, and all of those things are costume hats for cats.
1: That... Hold on, that's a real book that exists in this world.
0: Yep, and so I made my cats a dinosaur hat, and there's like a punk rocker and a pumpkin. There's one where you put it on your cat and then their head looks like a giant candy corn.
1: Can you please knit a hat for ditches? Because I would love to put a hat on her.
0: What kind of personality do you think your cat ditches needs in the form of a knitted or crocheted hat?
1: Well, I mean, you know she's tiny and adorable and super sweet, so she probably needs the punk rock kind of thing.
0: Yeah, or I can make her a little top hat.
1: Oh my god, a top hat! She has um, a tie with a collar, so... Oh.
0: Yeah, I put the dinosaur on my cats and they were kind of like, why are you doing it? And then I think they were actually more annoyed by me touching their ears than by actually having the hat on. So, they just kind of, like, were like, okay, I'm wearing this hat. And I was like, I feel like you're going to kill me later, but right now, you seem kind of pleased to be a dinosaur.
1: (laughs) They're like, I really always wanted to be, like, a bird lizard, so...
0: Right, yeah, they're like, finally, this is... my reflection shows who I am inside. Yeah, I was going to say, like, sometimes
1: your cats are, like, little raptors, so... Not oh. super shocked by
0: that. 100%. If scientists came out tomorrow and said, like, hey, we found a new dinosaur that is a direct ancestor of house cats, zero, <laughs> zero shock. <laughs> zero shock. Like, if you ever watch them, like, one, attack a lizard or something, and then two, just sit there and watch a lizard run by, it, that feels very dinosaur-ish to me
1: you know you I mean I mean you're not wrong I think that's accurate I think that's like and I mean like you know cats do like to hang out like in house plants
0: yep Yep. it's
1: like their own little tiny jungle so
0: yeah that's true that's true um they also have claws which one of my cats has one long claw on her back paw that like when she walks on like a hardwood floor you just hear like Click, click. She
1: oh my god she exactly is a raptor
0: like, yeah exactly like the raptors in Jurassic Park um so yeah Rue Rue the raptor
1: <laughs> it's perfect that it's Rue
0: yeah, I know she is such a sassy demon
1: I mean I can't really say that my cats are dinosaur like though because I mean Aries is just fat and can barely jump on top of anything without having to, like, have his little back leg scramble to catch something to help him push up.
0: Kobe, Kobe always looks like he's scowling, though, which feels very dinosaur-like to me.
1: But he is a sweet baby, and he's a sickly kitty.
0: Yeah, but he has that face, you know? I'm sure there were some dinosaurs who are sweet.
1: I mean, maybe. It could be right there. Yeah. I mean, you know, there is ditches, um, and I mean, she just... She has one eyeball she I don't know what to say She came from the
0: ditch She, she survived in a desert Very dinosaur-like
1: Yes And and ate basically Like scavenged for whatever was around in the desert Which I don't know how many people out there live in the desert But there's not a whole lot to eat in the desert
0: No she is, She's like a Komodo dragon <laughs> She She's like the hyena of the dinosaur world
1: Yeah But a really, really cute one So I guess that's okay
0: yeah, so um, I feel like we talk about the dogs a lot now. People know we have cats, which will help us eat the dogs when we finally cook them.
1: Yes, uh, people will feel less concerned about the people eating the dogs because they realize that the cats will... I mean, if we don't eat the dogs, the cats are going to get to them, so...
0: Oh, yeah, the, the tiny dinosaurs are definitely going to team up to take down the dog.
1: <laughs> so, Emily, um... What story do you have?
0: we have to do... I guess we already did. No, we didn't. I mean, we
1: can... No, we'll do it right. We got... Yeah. Okay.
0: Welcome to All Things Terror. I'm Emily.
1: And I'm Jennifer.
0: And I did it backwards again. 50-50 that we're gonna do it right. I do have a story for you that harkens back to the last recording that we made, which... In which I believe last time I said this is not going to be a poop podcast, even though we were making lots of jokes about poop, well.
1: And then, and then it turned into a poop podcast anyway.
0: Yep, we are, today it is a poop podcast.
1: Oh my god, love it. What kind of poop are we talking about?
0: <laughs> we're talking about watery, sea, difficile poop. Uh, and how you get rid of that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I can't wait.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so let's start. Yeah, so normally I give you a nice little history story. Today I'm going to science the shit out of this, and it is horrifying. So let's start with a scenario. Jennifer, have you ever been hospitalized? Um, yes, I have. Did you have to get, like, your appendix out or something?
1: Well, can I back up and ask what you mean by hospitalized? I've been to the emergency
0: room quite a few times. No, no, like, uh. let's say you're... This is a real scenario that's happening to you now. Right now, you're like, oh, I feel sick, and Daniel's like, stop, bring me some chips, and then you just vomit a lot. And he's like, oh, no, I guess I have to take you to the hospital. And then he takes you there, and they're like, oh, your appendix is full of sadness. It's got to come out. (laughs) This, again, science. Um, Very scientific. They cut out your appendix, and then you've got to stay there overnight. And possibly another day, because your stitches are healing slowly, I guess. I don't know. Let's say this is real. Okay. Right? Right. And what is something that you might be concerned about while you're in the hospital?
1: Oh, staph infection.
0: Yeah, totally. However, there is another infection. Um, It is the most common cause of hospital-acquired infections, not staph. Um, And this is your C. difficile. So inside of your intestines, there's trillions of bacteria. Like, you're not really a human. You're not really a thing. You're like a collection of bacteria. I don't know if a bacteria know party yeah humans are bacteria parties um <laughs> we are basically like in nightmare before christmas when they unzip the boogeyman and he's just full of worms
1: that's <laughs> oh god yes i remember that <laughs> yeah
0: it's the grossest thing ever but that's basically what humans are we're a burlap sack full of worms <laughs> uh, Most of them are in our gut and they like protect your body from infection. These tiny bug things eat things that would make you sick when you are in a hospital or if you take an antibiotic, sometimes they can just like, if you take an antibiotic to get rid of strep throat or whatever, Sometimes they can kill some of your gut bacteria, right? That's why almost everybody gets diarrhea when you take antibiotics. Right? Right. This is real. Um, and so one of the things that happens in hospitals when they're pumping you full of bacteria, or antibiotics. Hopefully they're not pumping you full of bacteria.
1: <laughs> More worms, please.
0: What kind of hospital are you going to? I'm going to the bacteria one.
1: Well, what if they also put Lamprey in there?
0: <gasps> Our Lady of Lamprey Hospital... They do yes. excellent work. Really employ the top surgeons. <laughs> so anyway, so <laughs> so these uh, this happens, and something that can there is a bacteria in your butt. I no, it's not in your butt. It's in your gut. <laughs> was, lives
1: lives on your butt, <laughs> just it lives, on top of it.
0: Yep, upon the butt cheek. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this little bug slash worm that lives upon the buttocks is called C. difficile. And when you kill some of the other bacteria, it goes out of control. And if it will like take over, it's like just the king of your gut now. And what happens when it's in charge, it's not a good ruler. It will basically cause you to have stomach aches, abdominal cramping. Uh, and then you get diarrhea. How many times, Jennifer, do you think you will get watery diarrhea a day when you have this infection?
1: I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess, but also this sounds a lot like having a period. Yeah. So, I don't know, like 15 times a day? Holy shit.
0: Yeah. 10 to 15 times a day you get What? Are water. you serious? <laughs> yeah, you nailed it. Um...
1: I'm basically a doctor now.
0: Yep, you are. Dr. Jennifer, uh, I hope that you get that job you interviewed for at Our Lady of the Lamprey Hospital.
1: I'm actually going to refer them to this episode for my qualifications.
0: Oh, yeah. You really don't even need a resume if you've got this going on.
1: (laughs) Okay, so your butt is dying for like 10 to 15 times a day.
0: Yeah, I don't know if you know this, but like throughout history, thousands, possibly even millions, of people have basically died from diarrhea. Like, it's, it's funny, but it's also really bad if you cannot stop the diarrhea. <laughs> also, 10 to 15 times a day, that is extremely time-consuming.
1: I mean, okay, so you're right. It is pretty terrifying. Like, yeah. dying of diarrhea was a real thing in the past, and actually in current history, right? Yeah, um, well... This afflicts our real world, but at the same time, it's still poop. It's still, I'm sorry, but it's, it's, still it's funny. so funny.
0: <laughs> I mean, I've told you about when I got the Oregon Trail disease. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is both one of my most embarrassing and most treasured stories. Um, the first time I went to Mexico, listen, Mexico gets a bad rap for giving people diarrhea, but basically you eat a lot of food that you're not used to. Um, you know, different water, you get traveler's diarrhea, turista, whatever you want to call it. I, the first time I went there, well, not the first time I ever went to Mexico, but the first time I went to Mexico city, I was very lucky that I came home and my first day back was when I got that. Um, however, that first day lasted for like two months. Like I, the first day I was so, I had a fever for sure. And I had diarrhea so bad that I was, like, I need, like, some saltines or something. But I was afraid to drive to Walmart because I was, like, totally convinced I would shit myself on the way. Like, (laughs) I was having 10 to 15 times that first day. And then after that, I I did better. But uh, I did not have a non-diarrhea event for, like, two months. And... Later, when I was, like, starting to be like, do I need to go to a doctor? The internet informed me that a lot of times when you have a, a non-diarrhea event in the bathroom for an extended time after traveling, you have caught dysentery. You have caught <laughs> an Oregon Trail disease. <sighs>
1: Emily. Um, yes. Have... So it would be like, um, Emily has... Not died, but is severely inconvenienced by dysentery.
0: Yeah, like, I basically became an 8-bit character of, like, oxen. Once again, what the fuck are oxen? Walking across (laughs) the screen. And then they sleep, and then they wake up, and they're like, Emily has dysentery, and you're like, well, better build the headstone now. (laughs) It was terrible. The other thing that I learned about dysentery and why I think I had it was that Sometimes when people get dysentery, afterwards they can become lactose intolerant, and I definitely had some lactose intolerance happening.
1: So, like, temporarily you can't eat really cool things like cheese, or is this, like, a lifelong affliction of experiencing dysentery?
0: It's, so, the thing that, this is, listen, history is a horrible thing, but basically (laughs) what they say about dysentery now is that if you live in a you know, quote unquote, developed nation, and you have generally good nutrition, you're getting a lot of food and, and vitamins, you will just get over dysentery. Like people still die of it all the time. But it's also because they're like, starving. Um, right. And most of human history is just like people starving and dying from diseases because they have, they, like they haven't had any vitamin C in ever their whole life, like their teeth are just falling out. Um, so yeah, after like, I think it was maybe like three months, it stopped. Um, but there were some really horrifying surprises in those three months. But anyway, so all of this is to say one, um, that I had dysentery, which is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and two, um, that having watery diarrhea 10 to 15 times a day is way too many times.
1: Yeah, how do you not get dehydrated? Like, you basically have to be hooked up to PediaSure.
0: Yeah, that's actually one thing of why. So when you have this uh, C. diff, um, it actually kills um, up to 15% of the people that get it. And one of the ways that you die is that you get dehydrated so fast that you go into kidney failure.
1: Okay, that's awful and also um, way worse than having a hangover.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like... A hangover, if instead of one hangover, you had all the hangovers of your life in 10 minutes and then (laughs) your body was just like, shut it down, let's move on. New project, guys. (laughs) The other way that this kills you is something called a toxic megacolon, which...
1: hold on. So, is this like... (laughs) A superhero name from like night or no like a super it would be like a supervillain name from nineteen eighties
0: sure or toxic like a toxic megacolon yeah like your local punk band toxic Mega megacolon
1: <laughs> yes.
0: We're playing in Sam's basement on Saturday. Bring five bucks and your hottest friends.
1: Our first song is called I Can't Stop Pooping.
0: I can't, oh my god.
1: And the second song is What Are These Worms Inside of Me?
0: What Are These Worms Inside of Me (laughs) slash We Are All Worms. (laughs) Um, yeah, so, listen, if there are any teens listening, please do something better with your lives than what we did, but also, please start a band called Toxic Megacolon.
1: A hundred percent, um... We will come see your show.
0: Yeah, wherever you are, we will come see your show. Uh, some 30-something strange white ladies. <laughs> Lucky you! You've won. You've in won life. the prize. Two 30-something white ladies. What's up? We promise not to bring cat to our dogs. Yeah, and since we're 30-something, we can bring beer. But also, since we don't want to get arrested, we won't give it to minors. So,
1: We'll just drink it in front of you and, um, and, and talk about how great it is to be able to drink yeah. alcohol publicly in front of <laughs> people who can't drink alcohol. I don't know, this is terrible.
0: And then we'll stumble and be like, can you give me a ride home? <laughs> <laughs> For the science part, because, again, I'm sciencing the shit out of this topic. Um, so, toxic megacolon is, like, your you can't get things out of your butt. So, the things that would normally come out of your butt, like poop and farts, get stuck in there.
1: Wait, a fart can get stuck in your butt?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> what? According okay. to a thing that I read. So this makes it a megacolon because it just is like your body becomes a balloon full of farts and poop. And then it becomes toxic when that balloon keeps going bigger, 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 pop. And then all of the farts and poop go all over inside your body.
1: So what? how do they deal with this? Like, do they just walk up to people and squeeze them, like, in the general... <laughs> abdominal area and hope that they operate like a whoopee cushion eventually and just like noise and poop comes out.
0: I am so glad you asked because while this is terrifying, the treatment is also terrifying because you can get a, and I want to give you the uh, very official name, a fecal microbiota transplant. Do you know? That
1: sounds vaguely familiar to me.
0: I think you've heard of this because, so your body can no longer fight off the C-diff. Like the C-diff is just like, I'm in charge of everything. And so they're like, well, is there some way that we could bring in another superhero, another person to help us fight off the C-diff toxic megacolon situation? And with your body, what they do is they take the poop from some healthy person and they transplant it into you.
1: Yes, yes, I've heard about this. Yep,
0: it is a poop transplant. (laughs)
1: Listen, Emily. (laughs) If you ever. If you ever need a a poop donation, I'll be there for
0: you. Oh! I think Bette Midler has a song about that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh my god. What are the specifications for, you know, the healthy, like, what makes, like, the poop the good poop to go inside of you?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. There is a Massachusetts Institute of Technology, otherwise known as MIT, Bunch of Smarties. They started the first public school bank, stool bank, not school bank, stool bank. So, like a blood bank, but a poop bank, um, in 2012, it's called Open Biome. Um, and you can make $40 per deposit. However, um, they do some pretty intense screening. Here's a quote from someone who works there. Quote, we like to joke with our donors that it's easier to get into Harvard or MIT than to be a stool donor. So they take this <laughs> really seriously. So one, it's they, a lot of the screening is like blood when you uh, donate blood, which you should do, right? And also register to be a bone marrow donor, listeners, because it's really easy and it can save people's lives. But anyway, so things like, have you had anything that would give you exposure to like HIV or um, hepatitis? So like tattoos or, you know, sex in someone who's HIV positive, blah, blah, blah. Um, Another thing that will get you booted out of this $40 for something you're doing anyway is do you have allergies? Oh, wait, seriously? Yeah, isn't that crazy?
1: Hmm. Like, just seasonal allergies, or, like, literally, like, you know?
0: I think it's, like, any allergies. Oh, crazy. Yeah. So, basically,
1: you have to be, like, a superhuman.
0: Yeah, you have to be really healthy, and I think they also look for, like, the consistency of your sample, So yeah, it's, it's, you have to be kind of, you're a rare person. And one of the articles that I'll add in our website um, was talking about someone who they were like, you're the perfect, like, donor, please donate a lot. And so he donates several times a week.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's got to be a really easy donation, right?
0: Yeah, I also, as soon as he said that, I pictured him being like, okay, I'll, you know, stop by Open Biome on the way to work. And then, like, halfway there, he's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And, like, there's got to be one time where he walks in the building and be like, give me the cup, give me the cup, this is urgent, like, this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, this is in Boston, so you have to live by Boston.
1: So, basically, they're taking donations from a very small sample of people already, but in a small region. Yeah. To add to that.
0: It's, honestly, this poop transplant is kind of recently new, but um, it has a really high, like, 90% success rate, which is kind of insane for any sort of medical procedure.
1: Yeah, I guess, I'm sorry, I'm just, like, really fascinated by this idea of, like, shitting as a donation. (laughs) I know, right? No needles involved, you just go take a dump.
0: Poop in a cup, I hope it's... A well-sized cup and not like, have you ever had to have a urine screening for like a job or something? Yeah. Yeah, they give you this, like, it's basically like if you're cooking and you have a half cup, that's like the size of it. And, I mean, I don't know, maybe for dudes, they just, like, set it on the ground and pee in it, and it's fine. But, like, for women, I'm, like, I'm always, like, do you think this is all I pee? Like, I'm gonna fill this up, and it's gonna overflow, and, like, how do... It's... you gotta aim it, and I... I'm, like, could you just give me a bowl? <laughs> right. Or put, like, a little net thing on top of the toilet.
1: It's, no, they, for real, like, whenever they do, like, pee tests, I think the secret goal of all of those people is to make you pee on your hands.
0: Yes, 100%. And then it's, I think, like, maybe the real test is, like, are they going to wash their hands after they pee on it or not, right? Or, like, oh, you got pee all over the side of this. Are you going to wipe it off before you hand it to the tech or not? And that is what really (laughs) determines if you get the job or not. (laughs) Right. So,
1: you know, I guess, like, Gosh, why why don't I know anyone that does poop donations? Like, do those people get like shit all over them? Are they equally as cruel as the people who take the pee in the cup and they just want you to pee all over yourself? I don't
0: know. We gotta find someone in Boston who does this.
1: Well, we know one person in Boston, maybe.
0: He, yeah, we do. We went to school with someone who's from that area and presumably still lives there now, but. He is kind of an asshole, and uh, I would imagine that he would... I don't know if he would do a poop donation. He would scream very loudly. He would have a strong reaction to it one way or the other. (laughs) Like, you're not going to get him being like, hmm, interesting. It's just going to be immediate, I love this, or like, I hate this, this is insane.
1: I mean, I guess I would have really strong feelings about poop donations, too. I'd be like, you want me to do what? (laughs)
0: I feel like it Excuse would be me? worse to be the person receiving the poop donation. Like you're like Oh yeah, that's even worse. I have not been able to stop shitting myself. I feel terrible. My kidneys are dying and now you're going to put someone else's poop inside of me and that's going to make me feel better. How will I ever look at my butt the same way again? <laughs> also, an interesting question you have not asked how the other person's poop gets inside of you.
1: Uh is it a pill?
0: It is sometimes a colonoscopy. You know, they just poop, stick it right up there. Sometimes it is a nose feeding tube. No. Yes. You are lying. No. No. (laughs) It is gross and horrifying. (laughs) Okay,
1: this is like the shittiest affliction. (laughs) Like in every way. Literally. (laughs) Literally. Your butt is dying and you're full of poop. And also expelling poop, but mostly full of poop. And now we're going to put more poop in you. Going to put more poop in... And by the way, we're just going to run that shit right through your nose. Yep. You're welcome. It's going to smell great. It's going to feel great. It's going to taste great.
0: Hashtag science. You're going to love it. Science. Taking care of poop business.
1: <laughs> taking care of poop business, I think, is our... Actually, should be our album title at this point.
0: Oh, yeah. for It's the breakout album for toxic megacola (laughs) yes uh also and do you want to know what is well everything about this is horrifying um but i will give you one last little tidbit that will is horrifying on a whole nother level medicare will not cover this procedure
1: (laughs) shut up no
0: oh no (laughs) i just like can you be the doctor and be like listen uh so you're gonna poop yourself to death and uh, we would love to put some other poop in you to stop that process, but the government says no. So anyway, we'll give you some morphine to ease your way out. <laughs> I just, man, this is terrible. Yes, this is terrible. This <laughs> terrible from start to finish. See, difficile colitis. <laughs>
1: At the very least, health insurance should cover it.
0: Health insurance should be like, listen, if you're brave enough to even ask us for this, we got you, boo. Please don't tell us any more details. Take all the poop you want.
1: Exactly. Oh, you got to get poop in your nose? We'll cover that 100%. So sorry to hear about that.
0: We've also pre-authorized a therapist to come help you deal with this, Um, and the sense of revulsion you're probably feeling towards your own body right about
1: now. Oh my, I know. I mean, okay, so listen, if you are miserable and in a lot of pain, um, I'm sure that I mean, I've been there. Um, I have a terrible fear of going to the dentist, and that time that I had that very infected wisdom tooth, it wasn't even it wasn't even second thought for me. I was like, I'm in pain. I'm terrible. Uh, I'm terrified. Of, I'm terrible. I'm also terrible. I'm terrified of the dentist, but I don't care. I'm gonna go take that motherfucking tooth out right now, and they did. And by the time it was all over, I, you know, I didn't have time for the fear, right? My yeah. irrational fear. Oh, yeah. uh, the only thing I cared about was make the pain stop. So I get it. Like if somebody is like, so listen, um, we're going to take these tubes and we're going to shove like some stranger shit in your nose. And it's going going to go through, you know, your throat and stuff and eventually end up in the part of the body that we
0: need it to be in. I mean, if, um, if I was this sick, I would be like, right now, sure. How you going to put, give me the tube. I'll shove it up there myself. Like
1: here, Should I just eat, do you want me to eat it? I can eat it. Will this make go fast? No, please don't eat ever. No one ever eat poop, please. Jesus, no. don't do that.
0: <laughs> no. Although, uh, one thing I learned upon doing this research is that some animals are born and their intestines are sterile, which is insane. Um, and so in order to digest things, they have to eat their mom's poop. Elephants, hippos, koalas, and pandas all do this.
1: Why is nature just fucking gross? Like, why is
0: that a thing? And that's also one reason why people think dogs eat poop. It's like they have a stomach ache and their gut bacteria isn't good, so they eat poop to get it back to normal. Like, when you have a yeast infection and you eat yogurt. Okay,
1: so... (laughs) Dogs opt for the poop, and humans opt for the yogurt.
0: It has probiotics in it. It's got bacteria. Yeah. That's fucking gross. It's the circle of life.
1: (laughs) And we're all made of worms. (laughs) We. Hashtag, we are all worms.
0: We are all just burlap covering a bunch of bugs and worms.
1: (laughs) I guess, like, bacteria are, are kind of like bugs, but... I like bugs, and there's nothing fascinating about bacteria other than they will be here when we all die.
0: Yeah, and another thing, speaking about we'll all be here when we all die, is that there are some people who can carry this C. diff um, and not get sick, kind of like a typhoid Mary situation, where they can have this bacteria, and they can have it in large amounts, but it doesn't affect them, Um, and those people are definitely people who will survive the apocalypse slash breakdown of society
1: so you know a, a lot like the cannibals that you know are resistant to kuru Mm-hmm.
0: yeah and so if you are someone who is resistant resistant to both kuru and c-diff infections then you know you're the new king of the mad max world
1: and that and that is basically the conclusion of every episode we're gonna have
0: <laughs> who's king of the mad max world this week?
1: <laughs> who is king of the mad max world
0: yeah. Uh, so Jennifer, do you have a story to take us away from the poop times, <laughs> or take us right back in in a different way?
1: <laughs> I do. Um. Well. So I. You know. What it, do you know? My dog's. A uh, full real name.
0: Oh shit! Oh shit! Roanoke.
1: His name is Roanoke.
0: <gasps> oh yeah.
1: Often, people think this is this is named after Roanoke, Virginia.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that what your story is?
1: Not true. It's not after Roanoke, Virginia. I mm-hmm. uh, want to talk about the lost colony of Roanoke, who he's actually named after.
0: Yes, yes. oh, I love this story so much.
1: So i I grew up in North Carolina, and I remember in my history class,
0: excuse me, excuse me. I believe you grew up in North Cackalack. Uh,
1: North Carolina-er, if you want to get real technical. <laughs> um, I did. I grew up partially in North Carolina, and I remember in this in one of my history classes, we were learning about the lost colony of Roanoke, and it was so terrifying and fascinating to me as a child because, like, First off, in my child brain, I'm like, but we know everything. Why can't we find out what happened to these people? There's only like a hundred of them.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I distinctly have a very, very similar memory of learning this and being like, how does an entire city's population disappear? Like it was very, very frightening to me as a kid as well. Yeah,
1: and I mean, think about it. So um you know, n- not going into the complications of uh, colonists and relations, uh, their relationships with the uh, indigenous populations in North America, but you know, it's scary. It had to be kind of terrifying, you know to to leave your your country and then come to this new world and have very limited supplies and you have no idea like you know it's not like you can go down to the store and like get some bread or anything anymore no 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 you have to forge this life for yourself now and
0: yeah well and I think too like we take for granted how easy it is to travel somewhere like, if you were leaving England or wherever to come to America, you were not going back. Like, if you left your mom, it was like, bye, I'll never see you again. Like, it feels more like if they were like, hey, do you want a one-way ticket to the moon? Like, that really, you know, there's none of this, like, going over to see your friend four hours away. Like, a four-hour drive would have been, like, Days and days, and hopefully you don't get dysentery along the way.
1: Well, and then, you know, um, to add to that, it's not like you get a one-way ticket to a moon on, like, a really sophisticated, cool rocket ship. No, no, no. You have to (laughs) be in this, like, creaky, shitty, wet boat for, like, months. (laughs) That's your life.
0: Full of rats and diarrhea.
1: (laughs) Maybe maybe a little bit of scurvy. Who knows?
0: Definitely scurvy. So, um, the...
1: For people who are not familiar with this story, basically this was one of a one of the very early colonies in North Carolina. It it was called Roanoke at the time, but the name of the place now currently is Hatteras.
0: Oh, I didn't realize there was yep. a city there now.
1: Well, cool. I is it Hatteras Island or just Hatteras? You know, it's like one of those places that just has one name, but um so what happened The short version of it is that, you know, all these people were chilling in the colony and it was like 1580-something. Well, it was founded, for sure, the colony was founded in 1585, but, you know, 15-something- um, these colonists are like, you know what, uh, we are totally running out of supplies. Mr. John White, our fearless governor and leader, can you please go to Europe and bring us some supplies back because, you know, we don't want to die in this new world. Yeah. And, you know.
0: Hey, uh, so we're like starving. Totally, totally
1: rational request, you know.
0: Right, and, yeah. Uh, if you're not busy, I mean, just could you bring us some hard crunchy bread? That
1: would be great. If I mean, I don't want to impose upon you. It's just that I haven't eaten in 3 days and also this like cut that I got on my leg is now like turning like green and pussy. Little concern, can we just like get some band-aids or something? I don't know.
0: <laughs> Feeling a bit hangry. <laughs> Have you heard that word? It's when you're so hungry you get angry. Just I'm <laughs> Also, I have
1: a fever. <laughs> right. Like a hundred or several hundred or uh, over a hundred. The The point is, is like there were quite a bit of people um, on this island off of the coast of North Carolina. And the governor goes, you know what, guys? You're right. We can't keep going on like this. I'll go get like some cheeses. Uh, would you like that? Some fromage? will that make you happy? Um, I will bring back...
0: Not for me. I've had dysentery. I'll bring back
1: the finest English wool. And, uh, you know, I can get you some, like, sterile wipes for that weird thing on your, like, I mean, if you're still alive when I get back, I'll totally give that to you. No problem. So.
0: Right. Gonna run to the store. See you next time. Pretty much. So, uh, Dude
1: Man Bro, (laughs) uh, Mr. Governor Dude Man Bro John White, goes out. To, you know, basically get supplies for this colony. Feel free to correct me if I'm wrong about this world, but my general understanding, at least from when I remember the story being told, is that the colonists and the uh, Croatoan had a...
0: The Croatoan are the indigenous peoples. Yes, the
1: indigenous peoples um, had actually pretty good relationship so as soon as they got to the island they had started to develop some type of relationship and from at least my memory these were supposed this was supposed to be like you know like oh hey strange people that speak a weird language and wear weird clothes um it's cool that you're here and then the colonists were like yeah. Is it okay? Cool. Well, my name's Henry. Um, we're just gonna go in and like play parcheesi or something if you want to come hang out.
0: Yeah. Actually, um, I read a book. Uh, that's about. It's called Lies. My teacher told me, and it's about this historian takes a look at high school textbooks and is like, okay, here are some things that are really damaging that we teach high schoolers. And he has a whole chapter about the early colonies, and one of the things that he says was that most of the early colonies in the United States had laws that you could not go live with the Indians because the colonies were so fucking terrible, like disease, and they would work you to the bone, and you were tired and hungry all the time, like basically the worst things about cults. Um, But the natives were like, hey, it's really chill and cool. And so people would be like, deuces, Ace Town. I'm going to go hang out with the Indians. So it actually like, yeah, most of the native civilizations were not starving, not dying of disease. And they would be like, yeah, you can come live with us if you want. It's cool. And then the colonists were like, "Uh, we'll whip you if you don't work. We don't care if you have the flu." Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's a fair assumption to say that the crow Tone were probably like, chill AF. And the colonists were like, we're so glad you're here. Yeah, there
1: were, I mean, there was some, I think earlier on, there was like some initial problems, but it, it, and just to give you guys, um, this is going to matter just a little bit of geological context. This is, you know, around the Chesapeake Bay, this is going to be important. The uh, so the colonists persuade the governor to go to England and get like some people dude yeah Man-Bro. dude manbro to get like you know some manpower and like some food and some other supplies dude manbro's uh, granddaughter Virginia Dare um very famous in North Carolina who was like basically the first person ever born in that colony so it's not. <laughs> it's not okay to say, like, the first, you know, American born, because that's not true, but you get the point. Like, it was... she was...
0: Yeah, The they were like, oh, we finally stopped starving long enough to have a, a baby that yeah, will so live.
1: baby comes out of vagina, everybody rejoices, her name is Virginia Dare, it is the granddaughter to Dude Man Bro. The time he left, actually... It was like, it must have been like two years after their arrival. The time he actually left to sail to England was kind of a bad time to cross the Atlantic. So you think the story would end with, um, and then Dude Manbrough's ship was sank and many sad feelings were had. That's not what happened. The relief efforts, the supplies and like the people were delayed because, um, the Spanish War was going on right now. And so...
0: Oh, just a little old Just a war. tiny war. So basically... <laughs> How inconvenient. <laughs> Ugh, I need to get past this roadblock.
1: Yeah, so basically all ships at the time were basically... Any type of vessel was basically, uh, at that point commandeered for, you know, warring with the Spanish. No big deal. Um, or... Hashtag yeah, warring right. with the English, also no big deal. This delayed his return basically by uh, three years. He couldn't get back to a colonist.
0: And so it was crazy too. So they're like, oh my god, what is taking so long? Is there traffic or something? Right.
1: And you know, the thing is, is like, um, it was like a year after, so he like, you know, leaves and like I don't know. 1587, and then like in 1588, dude, man, bro, tries to take two ships to to Roanoke, but um, those ships were, of course, like his his return was kind of like foiled. Um, they ended up being captured, and all of their cargo was seized. So you know he had to hit the reset button again. Hmm. So it took him um three. So, the reports are there, three to four years to get back to Colony. Now, Colony, on the other hand, is like, okay, dude, man, bro, is going to get us, like, some people and, like, some supplies and, like, shit's going to be okay. And then, like, uh, a ridiculous amount of time passes. And they might be thinking, well, I mean, he did try to cross the Atlantic, like, during the worst possible time to sail. So, I don't know, maybe he's dead. <laughs>
0: Right, seriously. Once again, like, even if he had sent a letter, a letter would have taken just as long. So, like, they're like, oh, he's gone. Hopefully he'll be back. Or he's just dead. I don't know, 50-50, really.
1: Yeah, you know, so it's not like, um, there's not like there's a whole lot of instant messaging technologies, right?
0: No, well, there's also, like, there are a lot of plot points and, like, old-timey books and movies like i'll wait for you no matter what and it's like well that would make sense because if your dude like went off to war it would take years for you to find out if he died or if he's just walking back from the other side of your. Country. <laughs> yes like, exactly yes you have no idea and the idea of waiting to find out what happens could take like five to ten years or maybe you'll just never know like that is a very realistic possibility in these times
1: so yeah yeah and and I think I got this backwards a little bit about Hatter's so I take the part like I thought Roanoke was Hatter's but listen I'll get there so anyways I'm remembering this as I go the world needs to give my old brain a break here so so finally Dude Man Bro is able to get Passage on a ship, it's not his ship, it was like a, I don't know, some sort of other expedition, and they agreed to, like, you know, just do a pit stop at Roanoke, um, after they, like, do a little bit of, like, Spanish raiding, no big deal, um, just like, yeah, we're gonna, like, I don't know, beat up the Spanish Armada, and then, like, we can go to Roanoke if that's cool with you, man, so...
0: You drop me off at this island where people are probably dying. So
1: right, they get there. It would have been his granddaughters. So think about this. His uh, Virginia Dare had just been born, and at this point she would have been like three years old when he when he arrives. It's yeah. crazy.
0: They're like, Hug your grandpa, and she's like Hug.
1: And and he arrived, I I think the story is that he actually got there on her birthday. But he as he's approaching, you know, the settlement there's there's nobody there and it's really kind of crazy because um there wasn't like a sign of like battle in on the on the settlement you know it was just it was just abandoned what they did um see was that the word croatoan was carved like in like the like one of the posts in the Fences around the villages, you guys, if you've seen those movies where they build, like, these ugly monstrosities of, like, a fort around the colonies. Right. And then...
0: Yeah, but, like, so, like, there wasn't, there weren't, like, bodies laying around, so it wasn't like, oh, everybody died of disease, or, oh, here's a body with, like, an arrow in it, so there wasn't, like, a skirmish... There wasn't like a horrible disease. It there wasn't signs of the people, like graves or bodies or anything. They were just yeah, gone. there was
1: there was nothing there. Just, just like somebody was like, you know, it, you know what it is. It's like all those developments, those huge sub, uh, suburban developments that were going up before the the crash <laughs> of two thousand eight, and then, yeah, and then like,
0: up <laughs> which is already. Ten years
1: ago. (laughs) I know, I know. So, you know, like, the housing market crashed and, like, all these suburban developments just stopped in the middle of development. It's not like, you know, there are residents there that just ended up starving to death and dying. No, these, you know, it was just completely abandoned, the whole project. And the same thing with the colony, you know, um, there's just nothing there. And what was even crazier about it is that, like, a lot of the houses and stuff... Um, had been dismantled, which means, like, whatever happened, you know, it was, like, pretty chill. It didn't, like, yeah, like, they were taking their time about it. Like, they just deconstructed, basically, their village. and
0: it's, It sounds like the beginning of a Stephen King novel.
1: Yes, <laughs> it is a lot like that. It reminds me of um in the really terrible Gunslinger movie that recently come out where, like, they're walking through an amusement park an yeah park. they're walking through an ab- abandoned amusement park and you know gunslinger is like no one knows what this place was for and like the kid was like it was an amusement park <laughs> <laughs> uh duh
0: that's hilarious actually i love that but they're like the great mystical wheel and he's like it's just a fucking ferris wheel shut up
1: i feel like it had to be a little bit like that moment um like, I would just be like, what is this place? It's uh, a village that was abandoned, uh So...
0: Yeah, and the people would be like, uh, we just moved down the street. Why are you being mystical? <laughs> so... Except they're not there.
1: They're not there. And so, like, I don't know if this is just, like, the embellishment of um, teachers in North Carolina or if this is, like, true. I-, I haven't been able to really confirm this. But, like, at some point um dude man bro was like listen if anything happens i want you to carve like this cross on a tree to like indicate that like bad things happen to you but there was no cross there was just croatoan you know dude man bro wanted to conduct a search but yeah As I pointed out, um, this is on the Chesapeake Bay and it was getting pretty, it was getting ready to get hit by a massive storm, Um, probably like a tropical storm or a hurricane because that happens out in that area. And the ship that he was like chilling out on was like, nah, we're not doing the sun, you're not looking for your people. So he really ended up assuming that that meant that maybe the colony had just moved to Croatoan Island, which I actually think is now known as Hatter's I- I- Island. I may have gotten that mixed up earlier. It doesn't matter. Point is, he thought that meant that like, they just left. So, it's yeah. 2018. We still literally have no idea what happened to a hundred people.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, it's um, the one thing that I would say I grew up in Nevada and the legend of him being like, If anything bad happens, like carve a cross so I know where to look for you or whatever. We heard that as well, so that's a common... Okay, cool. But the other part that they told us, and it's hilarious that this happened in rural Nevada, which is like as far removed from North Carolina as you can be, and why are they embellishing on this historical thing? But the ending of this was that they were like, they never found the people, but rumors of indians with blue eyes in the area persist like the idea that they went to live with the indians and then had blue-eyed children was like somehow proof that that's what
1: yeah that so that one was that one was a big one uh they believe that like the people had moved in with the the tribes which you know to your point would have not been necessarily improbable nor undesirable, right? Because the living conditions were considerably better.
0: Sure. They're like, yeah, so we've been living here for like generations. Uh, we know how to survive. Do you want some tips? Stop wearing giant wool dresses in summer. Let's start there.
1: <laughs> but then uh, the other theory was like, oh, they were murdered. They were murdered by the mm-hmm. indigenous population. There's really no evidence of that either. And then it could have been like they just moved
0: right? Or, or, I mean, they could have tried to get off the island and sunk.
1: Yeah, they could have sunk. Um, it was believed that the Spanish could have come in and massacred the inhabitants as well. But again, they were taking down their, their houses. And it, in fact, like a lot of, yeah, there's not really, it was hard to find any remnants really of the colony after Dude Man Bro left from returning from England. Um, It kind of just, the lost colony became lost because the people were lost, and it became the lost colony because the settlement was eventually lost to time as well. But it's crazy to me. Oh, go ahead.
0: I was just going to say, I think one of the reasons why this is terrifying and creepy and spooky is that we still don't know. Like, there are a lot of things that happen in history that they're like, Oh, and then this weird plague came, and we're like, eh, it's bubonic. It's a bacteria. We know about it. Like, we can reconstruct from where we are what happened, or we find evidence. But as far as I know with Roanoke, it still is just... It's a mystery. I don't know. Think about what happened. I, I don't know. As far as I know, again, theres it's not like we found the colonists. Like, oh, we found this mass grave, or oh, we found their houses. Like, we never did.
1: Yeah, and it's funny because, like, that much history can get lost so quickly is kind of mind boggling to me. Like, think about it, it one of us could be a descendant of the Roanoke colony and we would
0: probably you <laughs> i don't know about
1: that but like you know um but we would never know it but then also how do you lose like a hundred plus something people i i mean I, and the reason why i started thinking about this is i mean obviously it's a story it it mattered a lot to me growing up and still matters to me in my adult life but you know we were talking about the aztec what the fuck happened to the inca yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. It, it, it is really, like, it, it legitimately gives me goosebumps. And I think a part of it is because we live in an era now where everything is so documented. There's so many pictures of you and Facebook and emails And, you know, everybody has their name on some document that's going to be part of the historical record, you know. It's hard if, to be lost. In an office. Yeah. You have a social security number. You cannot be lost anymore. And so the idea that you could not only lose a person but lose an entire city... An entire village. It's so completely... It's
1: it foreign. feels... Yeah.
0: yeah it's it, it's just otherworldly.
1: Well, and you know, this isn't the only one, like... I, I remember, too, like, the Inca were really fascinating to me. It's like, but what happened to them? Will we ever know? But, they, you know, they're not the only... These aren't the only two situations. We have the Anasazi. We have, like, in 1920-something, there was a Brazilian town. I forget the name. It ended with like Verde that just totally disappeared. And there was like, you know, 600 people living there at the time. And then there is um, the Inuit village in Canada that had like 3,000 people living there, totally gone. And that one's really startling to me. It, again, it was still in the 1930s. I don't know about
0: that one. You should do, you should do that one for another episode because I don't know anything.
1: About oh, that. gosh. It's, uh, it's interesting. But like, we have. <laughs> I I mean, like, disappearing boats happen all the time, like, um, the Niña, and I think there was, like, Mary Celeste, and, um,
0: oh, yeah, the Mary Celeste is a great one, that's where, yeah, boats disappear, or, like, you find a boat and all the people are gone,
1: but then also, it's 20, okay, 2014, Malaysia flight 370, where is that, (laughs) you know,
0: yeah, so it still happens, I think it, yeah, well, and I think what is interesting, not only this idea of people disappearing and, and that being scary, but it shows that all the things that we know are just because we've created knowledge systems. Like, we think we know what a jungle is about because we know how to name the plants, but we don't really know. You know what I mean? Like, we think because we can write something down and name it that we understand it, and then things disappearing like this really show the limitations of human knowledge
1: you know that i that's great i i think that's true and also i mean it just it just reminds me that it doesn't matter how technological and how advanced any civilization is the world is still big enough and terrifying enough to eat you without you ever being found
0: oh yeah and i mean we like to laugh at oh the colonists so primitive but they were cutting edge you know if you were a colonist you were exploring a new world you were literally at the edge of human knowledge you were a pioneer in in everything um and now if you think about our story like our pioneering poop transplants in 100 years they're gonna think that's crazy too you know what i mean like it's people are always at the edge of that knowledge and understanding and and being able to stand somewhere and then look into oh that's an area we don't understand anymore is is scary
1: you can die from diarrhea And you can disappear with no one ever knowing what happened to you.
0: Oh my god, yes. This is... There's no better way to end this podcast than on you can die from diarrhea and you can disappear without anybody knowing what's happening.
1: (laughs) You're welcome, America.
0: Hashtag don't you feel better.
1: (laughs) What did you learn, Emily?
0: I think I learned... To appreciate my stomach, my tummy, <laughs> I learned to appreciate my stomach aches um, because they don't last forever and they don't give me diarrhea 10 to 15 times a day and they don't mean that someone else's poop have to come inside my body. I also learned that there are way more instances of people disappearing than I thought. What did you learn?
1: I learned that there's a logical reason for dogs eating poop, maybe.
0: Doesn't make it any less gross though. And
1: um, <laughs> don't ever be a tiny village in the Chesapeake Bay because you're just gonna end up disappearing.
0: Jennifer, that is a pack that I can make and keep to you. I will never be a tiny village. Wait
1: could could can you be min, mini? Is that a talent that you have?
0: I I'm, oh yeah, I can be a mini village anytime I want. I mean I don't like to show off so I don't do it a lot, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, you ready to wrap it up?
0: All Things Terror is researched, recorded, and promoted by two amateurs, Jennifer and Emily. Our editor is now another amateur named Clint. We are available on Instagram at All Things Terror Podcast or email at All Terror at Gmail. Music Sample by Cosimo Fogg. Links, references, and more info available at allthingsterror.com. Probably. We're having some website problems. Follow us on Insta and hashtag TellMeWhatOxenAre.